Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Chris, good to have you. And I thought we'd kick off today's conversation with some inflation discussion. Um, over the past, last, past few podcasts, you described inf- inflation as, as peaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yet we, we continue to see elevated prices. Um, can yep. you share with the, with the group uh, and with the, our audience how inflation is, is determined? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a common... Uh, misperception that people think about high prices being inflationary. And conceptually, inflation is a rate of change calculation. So when we say we see inflation peaking, it's not that we see price levels going lower. We don't think prices necessarily are going to fall. But the rate of increase in these prices is, is lowering and inflation is an incredibly lagging indicator. Um, it's no coincidence that the Fed chooses inflation and employment to measure and make its policy decisions because those are the last elements of any cycle. They're the last thing to improve and they're the last thing to deteriorate. The Fed is not designed to be a use forward policy tools. They operate on a lag for political purposes. And so, you know, we have the data. We know what year over year increases look like already. So we know what's going to bleed through. And inflation looks like it's going to begin to fall on a year over year basis uh, going forward from here. So, yeah, we're going to peak at very high levels, you know, 8% plus levels. Uh, but it's going to fall from here. It doesn't mean prices are going to go lower. And so oil's the number one inflation factor. If you wanted inflation to remain at the, at the current rate of change or accelerate, we would need oil to double to $200 for that to happen. Um, is it possible? Absolutely. All we have to do is you know, lose a few mar- million barrels of Russian production and we'll be at $200 and inflation will reaccelerate. But uh, given everything we know today, inflation is going to begin to fall and it wouldn't surprise me to see inflation down in the you know, 5% range by July, August. And that's a pretty big decline from 8.5% currently. The other big driver is housing. And we've watched mortgage rates move up over 200 basis points. Uh, more importantly than just the number of basis points from a rate of change standpoint, they've increased by 66% in just the last few months. So we're going to see a dramatic slowdown in housing activity and a dramatic slowdown and home prices, and we've already are starting to see um, uh, used car prices roll over. So it, it's very much kind of in the beginning to be in the rearview mirror and the market. You can see the yield curves flattening. Um, and today's when they announced the the latest inflation data, and you're seeing ten year treasuries the yield decline, and we're getting a bit of a stock market rally, but it's nothing I would chase. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you touched on the Fed briefly there in, in your response. And you know, another question here around this is, you know, the Fed is, is going to try and, and shrink its balance sheet beginning in May. Um, and we've already seen the market has priced in some rate hikes. You know, so the question here is, you know, do you think that the market is already priced in the shrinking of the balance sheets as well? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. We always think about the market as being a forward-looking um, instrument, and it's discounting the future, and it usually does a very good job of that. Um, However, when it comes to uh, actual volume, and what we're talking about here is the Fed selling, whether it's treasuries or mortgage-backed securities, you really can't discount that. They they will do their best to prepare, uh, you know, 
market makers and, and the SIFI banks to be prepared to buy those securities. But investors in general are going to step back and, and, and wait and see and try to get an idea of what's going to happen to prices for those securities. They've already lost money uh, owning mortgage-backed securities and treasuries for the really the last year plus. So I don't think anybody's going to be in a hurry to make those purchases, um, at least not unless there's a little bit more of a sell-off, a little, a little bit higher yields. Um, and so it's going to tighten liquidity conditions. So, you know, I, I'm skeptical that we've really priced that in. And quite frankly, I'm skeptical how much the Fed's actually going to be able to do. Uh, but I do think it, it's going to be real incremental pressure on equity markets. And we may start to see that in May. And so if, if inflation is rolling over and the economy is beginning to slow down, you know, how, how aggressive is the Fed going to be to, to fight the current inflationary pressures? Um, and do you think it's possible we see revi- revised inflation target moving from around 2% where it's been uh, to something maybe in the 3 to 4% range? Yeah. So I, I, it's important for investors to start shifting how they look at the Fed. You know, we've always had the Fed there to address uh, financial contagion, be the lender of last resort, or in an economic slowdown to be able to cut rates to stimulate demand. That role for the Fed is now secondary to what its primary role is, which is to make it appear as if our sovereign, our federal government, the sovereign entity, is financeable and that um, it will be able to, to, to fund itself and do so in a manner that's sustainable. And in order for that to occur, you need yields low enough that you don't see interest as a percentage of the budget rise to unsustainable levels. And you know you hear people all the time saying, oh, the, the rates are going to go to 4% or 5%. They're just not. I mean, you'd end up in a situation where a third of tax receipts are just paying interest. And you'd have to either get rid of the defense budget or, you know, get rid of Medicare or something else. It would just get silly. So that's not going to be what happens. So what they're going to, they may start talking about inflation running hotter. They need to come up with a scenario where, let's say, the, you know, inflation plus real growth is 4 or 5%, and yet they can maintain the 10-year Treasury below 3%. If they can concoct that situation, then it will give the appearance that federal deficits are sustainable and the economy is still growing and everything's hunky-dory. Um, and so you may see uh, different ranges around growth, different objectives as it relates to inflation. But no, it has nothing to do with uh, employment and inflation. We are all about window dressing to make it look like our current federal deficits are sustainable um, and that they can be financed. That's all we're doing at this point. And so as I'm hearing you running through that, a couple of your responses earlier, um, this doesn't sound particularly promising for the equity market. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We're going to have some challenges over the next few months. So um, I would not at all be surprised to see volatility tick up. We're going to have fairly weak earnings and guidance for the next quarter or so. We're just we're dealing with the COVID comps. We're dealing with the byproduct of the MMT experience experiment that we uh, did with the stimulus payments. And you know, companies earned and profited at, at levels that weren't sustainable. Um, we've had enough inflation created from that experiment that it's 
eaten into real income growth. And so we're having a real slowdown in spending. We're seeing inventories balloon. Um, and we're seeing issues start to develop in credit markets. We're seeing deals fail in ABS markets, high-yield issuers choosing not to refi because the, the costs are too high and they're hoping it gets cheaper in the future. So we've got to sort through all this. And never mind the incremental supply chain disruptions that are going to happen with the most recent shutdowns in China and, and, and rising uh, cost of food and, and energy related to Russia, Ukraine. So Look, we, we've got some issues to deal with, but we'll get through them. And the most important thing for investors is have a plan. Let the volatility of the markets be your friend to augment positions that you already own uh, and to establish new positions, all in entities that are going to do well, despite being a more difficult credit and liquidity environment going forward. Good. All right, Chris. Well, that should wrap it up for today. So thanks for coming on, and we will have you back soon. Sounds good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.